I gotta avert your eyes. Don't see a woman up there. Welcome back to Booted Sisters. I'm Sarah, and I'll be joined by my sister, Rachel. We're back this week with another episode about our European travels. So we started the season with talking about our trip to Germany for Oktoberfest, or um, really we went to Volksfest in Stuttgart. So if you haven't listened to that, please go ahead and go back and listen. And this is our next trip that we took while I was out in Europe with Rachel. So this will be Malta. We had a really quick trip to Malta, but we're actually going to break our debrief up into two episodes because we just had so much to say. So this episode will focus on our first night there and the first chunk of our day in Malta, our like Saturday, and we did a really cool food tour. So we will talk all about that. There's lots of food content in this one. There's lots of cultural stuff that we learned. It was a really, really cool trip. We obviously had a blast because we couldn't even fit like two days worth into one episode. So hope you enjoy and come back next week for part two. Uh, as always, check out our Instagram for some photos to accompany your listening and enjoy the episode. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so we are here to debrief um, another trip. Yes, we just got back from a weekend trip. So this is our second weekend trip we've taken since I've been out here. Yep. This one was much quicker. So the last time you had taken a day off, so we had like kind of a proper weekend to work with because we flew in Friday yeah. day. Yep. Um, and this time we just had a normal weekend to work with. When we were buying our tickets, they didn't really have a lot of good options that would give us a lot of time on Sunday. Right. So we ended up doing what really amounted to like one day. Yeah. (laughs) So we got in like Friday night and we left today right now that we're recording is Sunday and we arrived back this morning. So it was a whirlwind. Yeah. And like the other part of it was that we knew most weekends are going to be packed and specifically we've got a big trip coming up next weekend. So we kind of like the idea of having a bit of a Sunday and we really did end up back in the house by like 11. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out throughout the whole season, <laughs> my whole time out here, because like for me, I'm not working. And so the weekdays aren't busy with work, but for you, obviously like you have work all week. And then if we travel every single weekend, like that's crazy busy. And so it makes sense that at least having maybe a half of a day of a weekend every <laughs> once in a while is probably useful. Catch up on laundry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what this was. Like we were really busy last weekend. We have another busy one coming up this next weekend. And so this was a way that we still took a trip, but we didn't go like crazy overboard. And this location was pretty close. So it was like a really short flight. So honestly, like it felt doable. Like I keep thinking about like, would I recommend somebody do this in such a short time period? And it's like, obviously like, no, like more time is better. Yeah. But for us, it was like, we could do this or we could not do it. And I'm glad we did it. Like it it wasn't going to be that we were going to have like four days to work with. Yeah. Um, like the flights and the lodging, since it was such a close like destination, I feel like that's like two fancy dinners on a weekend. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not, like, crazy in terms of what you're going to do for a weekend. Yeah, I've spent more money on weekends without travel. Yeah, exactly. Like, in my normal life, for sure. 
concert um, tickets or something yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly yeah. so anyway um so let's just go ahead and reveal where we were right yeah and just go through what we did yep i like it so we went to malta yeah which is basically like an island um well really a couple islands but an island country between sicily and the northern coast of africa mm-hmm. um pretty close to tunisia so it is like an hour flight from Napoli. Yeah. You pretty much just fly over Sicily and there you are. Um, so it was very doable. Um, I just finished up work on Friday. We met at the airport. And then uh, we hopped on a Ryanair, the first Ryanair yes. of <laughs> the, you know, Yeah, living... before we get too into the weeds, because, um, yeah, I want to talk about our flight, obviously, and everything. Um, but I was just thinking we should actually talk about, like, our preconceived notions and like our interest in the place because the last trip was like there was a an event you yeah know, there was an occasion it was pretty obvious I don't think we really need to explain why we're going to Germany for like Oktoberfest time frame but yeah um for this like I feel like it'd be interesting to talk about like what we already knew going into it why we wanted to go and that kind of thing um because I don't even know if we'll have like the exact same answer anyway yeah um, for me, like my expectations were like a heavy Italian influence and mm-hmm. basically like two influences on the culture, Italian and Arabic, mm-hmm. um, like the Northern African Arabic influence. So that was surprising once we kind of break it down, like just how many influences there are on Malta. And I just knew that like from my friends who had been there and stuff, that there was just a lot of history and good architecture. So those were kind of like the appealing things to me. And I figured a smaller destination like this was doable for the kind of whirlwind yeah like yeah with the location. schedule that we did yeah um when you say your friends who have been there like you just mean in the past year of living here yeah. you know people have been but like before that did you know of anyone who had been to Malta um I don't remember having any conversations about it with anyone yeah. I don't think so I ask because I don't know that like most people even know about <laughs> Malta um I like didn't when I was younger but I had learned about it in college because there was like a study abroad a small study abroad that a group like close to me at my school would go on like I considered going so I had been to information sessions about it and like I knew the like faculty who led it and so I'm like I'm I'm kind of disappointed in myself (laughs) as far as the preconceived notions about Malta as of three days ago were because I definitely at one point knew kind of a lot about Malta right because I had heard about it in college and I remember seeing pictures from the trip because I basically went to like an ad for it, you know, yeah, like yeah. information <laughs> sessions. So I remember seeing pictures and I remember hearing a lot about it. And all that I like, that was years ago, but all that I was really thinking about going into this weekend was like kind of the Italian influence. Like I right. knew the architecture was a bit different um, and I knew the food was going to be a bit different, but I didn't really know, I didn't think that much more or about what more influences there would be besides it being like similar to Italy. So I guess like when we talk about the whole trip, we can get into like how our expectations were different and stuff. But the other thing is that right before like this week, this past week when we were leading up to going on the trip, you and I were like looking up like videos and stuff. So I was pretty excited to like make sure I had an understanding of like kind of the map and where we like wanted to go or hypothetically would want to go if we were to like go outside of the city we were staying in. And, like, learn about all the food we wanted to eat and stuff. So, those are, like, kind of the thought we had going into it. And, again, that's another thing that I think will be interesting throughout the season. Because, like, we're kind of planning these trips really fast. And we're doing different levels of planning 
depending on what the purpose of a trip is, who's going and all of that kind of stuff. So it's weird because we've talked about like, we're coming out of a weekend of travel and we have like several coming up right? and it's hard to make sure we're like excited about the, the, the next thing and not something that's like yeah. too far <laughs> down the line, but also we're planning the trips before it's like the week of. So it's, it's a mess, but it's fun. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a mix of like proper planning and fun anticipation while also trying to be in the moment. Um, but mm-hmm. so far it's just been great. Yeah. It was definitely fun to like look up the videos and everything like that. And yeah, I think we made some good choices on how to use our time, and I'm just proud of us for how much we fit in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep, so let's just get into it. Okay, cool. so yeah, you were saying we met at the airport, mm-hmm. um, and we took our Ryanair flight. Oh, yeah. That was, we were seated in different parts of the plane, and we didn't fight that. It was a one-hour flight. It did not matter. We nope. both had middle seats in vastly different parts of the plane, and we both ended up with aisle seats. Mm-hmm. Because people traded. <laughs> yep. All their, um, like, messing with your brain about needing to buy yeah. reserve tickets. Like, just don't let them get Yeah, you, when we're so. booking these Ryanair flights, we have to, like, do it together and be like, no, click no, click yeah. Like, it's always the smaller yeah. thing. It's so much. <laughs> like, I, I know budget airlines, but it's, like, crazy how Ryanair does it. They make you click no in, like, secret spots on yeah. the page, like, 90 <laughs> times in a row. It's like you have to scroll down, scroll up, then scroll down and see <laughs> yeah, the options. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we were, Rachel, when we were checking in, Rachel was like, oh, like, we definitely don't want to pay for seat assignments, right? I was like, absolutely, of course not. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> These were cheap tickets, and they needed to be. So, anyway, it was great. Um, I I think we both had fine seat neighbors, right? I loved my yeah, seat everything neighbors. Everything was fine. Yeah. yeah. I was assigned the middle seat, but the aisle seat was a like young man and then the window seat was his mother and he was already sitting in the window or in the middle seat when I got there and so I just kind of like asked him like, "Oh, like that's my seat, but I can just sit here if you want." And he was like, "Yeah, in case I need to talk to my mom, I think that would be best basically." Aww. It was like really cute. But he didn't mean, like, in case I need to. He just meant I will be talking to right. my mom because yeah, yeah. they were obviously talking the whole time. Yeah. So it was it was very funny. They yeah. were really wholesome. Um, it was adorable. So I would say that's my favorite seat neighbor so far. Good. <laughs> we, should, we should start, like, our own names for them. I know. Yeah, like, <laughs> mom and son. Yeah. <laughs> we can get more creative. Yellow maybe. shirt. That yeah. one was easy. Yeah. <laughs> and then no, no drama with your seat neighbors, No, there right? were a couple, and... Um, I don't know if she, like, if, if there was an open seat next to me, it seemed like it wasn't until, like, the cabin doors were closed that she revealed herself to be a member of the <laughs> this row, um, or maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but then she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, can I, like, have the middle seat to be next to my husband? I'm like, yeah, of course, like, sit there. And no, I'd love to sit there. between you. I yeah. love middle seats. <laughs> this is my preferred situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, no drama there. And then we got in, and we both remarked on how easy, like, how well, like, the instructions were laid out. Yeah. At the airport. Yeah, the airport was great. Also, there was a really cute thing of, um, there was like a section of aquarium. Yeah, <laughs> there was like a tiny... There was like an ad for like the aquarium, tank, but yeah. there was like a fish tank. Yeah. That was interesting. Some big fish there, yeah. <laughs> it was like record time how quick we were out of that airport, though. Oh, yeah. We were out, we walked literally right onto the bus. Like, yeah, from we were like, the there's exit. probably a bus, right? And then we saw signs, bus this way, whatever. Like, we knew-ish that we were going to end up taking a bus, and then it was just like incredibly obvious like even when we had to bus from the plane to the terminal even considering that I feel like it was less than 10 minutes from when we like walked off the plane to when we walked onto that bus yeah yeah it was fantastic (laughs) it was great um never check a bag and okay so I think part of it honestly 
there's so much English in Malta, and I think that might yeah. be part of why we, like, had such a great experience yeah. at the airport. I know. It almost took me a minute to realize that's why I was having such an easy time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it really did take me a minute to process, like, everything around me is English, <laughs> and I which th- I genuinely didn't expect. <laughs> I think by now we had, like, watched enough videos that we realized it was a former British yeah, colony. Yeah, we knew. We did know. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> but I didn't realize that that meant that, like, English was the language. I don't know. I guess I just, it, I hadn't thought about it. But yeah. it was very much, like, English is, I think we found out later that it was, like, English and Maltese are the official languages of the country. Correct. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, so, anyway, everything was primarily in, like, English. All the ads, everything, which, again, anybody who knows anything about Malta is going to be, like, okay, yeah. Yeah, you guys don't. <laughs> but yeah. we just didn't, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was really easy. The bus ride was long and very crowded. It wasn't, like, that long. It was fine. But yeah. it was really, really crowded. Like, I remember at one point it was, we saw, like, a huge group try to get on the bus to the point that they had to, like, stop at a certain point and not let everybody on. So, yeah. it was, like, we were just immediately thrust into, like, regular people's lives. Yeah, just <laughs> By commuters. being on this bus. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, like, obviously there were some people from the airport, but not, like, the majority. So. Yeah. A bunch of other stops along the way before we got to the city. Yeah. So it yeah. just, like, took some time. It was totally easy, though. And it was, like, dark by then. It, we, like, landed as the sun was finishing setting. So by the time we were on the bus, it was dark. So it was really interesting because we could, like, see any, like, lit up, like, Burger King. Yeah. Legal <laughs> and stuff that we passed. But, like, we couldn't totally see much else. Like, we couldn't really take in the architecture and stuff. But you'd get close to something and I'd be like, wow, that's... I'm interested <laughs> like yep. can't wait to see this in the daylight so yep. it was just like it was a little weird but it was cool the the impression of something there without really being able to see it <laughs> looking yeah, forward to exactly. the daylight yeah um yeah and then we like you know got into we were staying in the the capital city Valletta and so the bus just took us directly into Valletta and we got off at the stop that was like closest to where uh, the place we were staying was, and that was just super easy. We just pulled everything up on Google and just walked there. Yeah. Even So even by that point, just walking around the streets, only lit up by streetlights, we could start to see some of the cool architecture mm-hmm. and, like, the balconies and everything. And yeah. We started to get really excited just yeah. to like, the and we vibe. Were, yeah, and, like, I didn't know exactly what, like, the city was going to look like. So I feel like I was just taking everything in. Like, we were on, like, a smaller street at first, and then we just kind of were walking towards our lodging. We got to, like, kind of a bigger main street with, like, all those palm trees in the middle, and then we passed by, like, a lo- a lively cocktail bar Yeah, and like a stuff. jazz club. Yeah, yeah. like, it, there was just a lot to take in. It was, like, really cool energy, and it felt really nice out. Like, we had been worried it was going to be really hot because we were going south of where we are that's already hot. Um, but like it was going to be evening, so it's not like we were surprised that it was nice, but it was just like really nice out. Um, so yeah, it was just cool to like take everything in. We're just like trying to figure out, you know, drop our stuff off and figure out our place and then go out to dinner. But we were like just taking in the walk and it was, it was very like easy to navigate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got to our place. Yep. Dropped off our bags. And we, since we knew we were on time crunch, we made a, a point of looking up some restaurants ahead of time. Yeah. And one of the things we found out was that Maltese food has a lot of Italian and specifically Sicilian influence. So we were okay with not doing every meal in a like typical Maltese food fashion because there are other food influences and other cuisine that you can find there besides just Maltese food. Mm-hmm. 
and we spent a good chunk of Saturday dedicated to Maltese food. So we're like, all right, we'll look up restaurants and it's okay if not everyone is like Maltese cuisine. Yeah. So we... Also, I think it's important to point out something you brought up was like when you go on trips, like because where you are in Italy is so you can kind of only find Italian food, not like literally only, but all the good food is Italian food. There's not going to be a Vietnamese restaurant on every yeah. corner yeah. as much as we might need fun at any given moment. Like, yeah. you really can't just go out for Mexican food and stuff like that. Like, you don't have a lot of food options out here. Yeah. So, like, Rachel had said to me, like, yeah, when I travel, I do kind of like to eat food that's not necessarily the, like, food native to that area if that area has more options than I'm used to. Like, obviously, you're not going to go somewhere and not eat any of their food, but you, given, like, that you've lived here for a long time and, like, this is your home and you're used to these lack of options, like, you get excited to travel for, like, the variety yeah. of food, not just for, like, specifically making sure you're eating the food that tourists <laughs> yeah. have to eat. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, anyway, we'll get into how we made sure we got all yeah. food on Saturday, yeah. but... Yeah, you were talking about Friday night. Yeah, so we had a place that we'd already looked up, um, and we went to get some Indian food, um, which was really, really good. Um, we got, like, a lamb shank and rice and naan, and I hadn't realized that you hadn't had, like, the version of, like, of naan that's, like, stuffed. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty common. One cuisine that Japan does well besides Japanese food is Indian food, so that was, like, we would either get Japanese food or Indian food usually. Um, and they had a lot of, like, cheese naan that was... Closer to, like, a cheesy bread type situation um, in the States. So it's it's non, but it's stuffed with cheese. Um, mm-hmm. And we got a blue cheese one. At, at this Indian restaurant in Malta, yeah. Yeah, in Malta. It was so good. That for that was my favorite part of that meal. Yeah. like yeah. I And, like, dipping it in the sauce, like, everything together was delicious. But that blue cheese non was, like, huge. <laughs> yeah, we did a great job ordering. I'm, I'm yeah, sure we've talked about we this did. before, but... Sometime in high school, we realized we were all we like we were always ordering the same food, or we would like accidentally order the same food, but realized mm-hmm. we both had a second that we wanted that neither of us chose because we were influenced by the other or something. <laughs> yeah. So we started to like coordinate our orders better. Yeah, we've and, gotten very good at ordering together. Yeah. Um, and Rachel was smart too because like I would have been I don't know I think I would have immediately just assumed we should get two entrees and stuff like we just like had been traveling for a while like I feel like we were both hungry and excited for food I think I would have just like not paused to think and then just gotten two entrees and we would have had way too much food so this was a good way to balance like we had one entree but we had rice and multiple naans like we were still completely stuffed yeah (laughs) we wouldn't have like been able to take leftovers so it made sense it was good my favorite moment of the meal what do you think eavesdropping Oh, that was fun. <laughs> okay. oh, always fun. That's just like, no, no, no. So um, the restaurant was like oh, busy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the restaurant was pretty busy, and since there was only two of us, they had a, they managed to fit us in a table outside. And right after they brought us all of our food, and we're like, okay, yep, we got everything we ordered. Um, a server comes out, and it was a different server than the one who yeah. actually brought us our food. Came out and like offered us something, and he told us what it was called. And we're like, no, we, yeah, we, we couldn't understand what that. he was saying. But it did look like kind of like a small salad almost. Right, it looked like it could have been yeah. accompanying. Like, okay, these are not sides that I've usually had with yeah. naan and curry before, but fine. Um, but 
But after slipping back and forth and us being like, I don't think we ordered that. He's like, yeah, I think you did. And so he put it down. Yeah, Rachel was probably like, oh, yeah. Like, sure. You're right. I forgot. Yeah. Whatever. Because he, he, the way he looked at us when you said, no, that wasn't ours. Like, yeah. you were like, maybe it's theirs. Like, you were doing a very normal, like, oh, sorry. I yeah. think you have the wrong table. The way he looked at us was like, you guys are crazy. <laughs> you absolutely ordered Do this. you know what you ordered? Yeah. Like, he looked, like, annoyed with us. So you were just like, oh, duh. Like, <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> But we kind of, like, didn't immediately touch it. <laughs> yeah, we were waiting it out. We were kind of like, I don't think we looked at that. But the best about it was, like, so he went back inside. And, like, you know, we're eating our, our food that we actually ordered. And, like, two minutes later, we hear this, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And he, like, comes running out the door yeah. and grabs it. The way he ran, like, it, I think it lined up with, like, the way a door closed or something. But I heard, like, crashing. Like, yeah. it was a cartoon. <laughs> the restaurant's falling apart. <laughs> He, like, ran and grabbed it from us, too. Like, he was very speedy with, like, grabbing it back. Yeah. We were like, yeah. <laughs> That's what we thought. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a good meal. And then we did a little bit of just walking around um, and taking in the vibes of Valletta. Um, There's some street performers and, like, other people out on the streets and obviously tourists. And we, like, sized up a couple of souvenir shops, kind of get an idea of what we might mm-hmm. want. Yeah, the leave. souvenir shop, it was, like, pretty late at that point, like, close to nine. And the souvenir shops, there were a bunch open on these main streets. Like, there was a bunch of lively, like, restaurants with outdoor seating, so people were just kind of out. There was some um, live music at a lot of the restaurants. Like, there was a lot going on. Yeah. Yep. Um, we started taking the architecture a little bit. Um, we found, we, so ahead of time, we had looked up, a the national library of malta and it looked pretty cool on the inside so we knew we wanted to like visit that um and we're walking around you're like i feel like it's it's near here so this was the night you know friday night and you're like i feel like it's near here we might as well look because our our timeline was going to be tight on saturday so like we might as well figure out where where things are (laughs) and like literally we turned around we were like right yeah we had just turned around like we had just decided oh let's start walking back this way and then I made that comment like wait let's pull it up and see where it is and it was right where we had been standing when we decided to turn around so that was cool um yeah so we just kind of like got a I feel like we just scoped out things basically just got the vibes yeah (laughs) we were trained before saturday (laughs) um the fountain was cool to see the fountain at night because they have like red and white lights around the ring so there's like Mm -hmm. this main fountain at the gate to malta or the gate to valletta um and it's got these like mermen um (laughs) (laughs) the, the fountain part but around the i guess bench part of the fountain you could call it they had red and white lights so it was cool to see that at night like Mm kind of make a an impression of the flag oh and we didn't even mention like so we walk into the city there's like that fountain which if you follow us on instagram and saw us (laughs) teasing where we are our first picture i think that we posted was like a selfie of us with the fountain at night then you walk across this pedestrian bridge and then you're kind of in the main part of the city that we've been describing where all the like lively stuff was but the pedestrian bridge, like, we looked down, and there's, like, a whole other, like, kind of road underneath it, Yeah, basically. it could have almost been, like, a moat or something. Yeah. Like, it was, like, a, a big pit around, like, yeah. separating, like, the bridge across to the main city. And you gate. can tell, like, people can walk and drive down there. Yeah, like, it's kind of a venue. It doesn't seem like there's much driving, but there it's possible, basically. Yeah. Like, I think we'd seen cars a little bit on Saturday. 
but there was this huge like event going on with yeah. like BMW cars. Yeah, and... I guess they were unveiling a couple new models or something. Yeah. yeah, it was just like really weird and cool to see from above. Like, yeah, I don't know. It was. It's such a fortress. I feel like we haven't even described like this whole city. Yeah, is, literally like, a big fortress. fortress. Yeah, um, it's just so cool. We'll definitely have a lot of pictures to post um, along with this episode, but. It was just, like, really, really cool vibes. And then, yeah, I think the English around us everywhere was an energy we weren't used to. It was just, like, I don't know. It was really cool. I feel like we were both, like, really excited walking around on Friday night. Yeah, we're like, this is going to be great. Mm -hmm. It's going to be quick, but it's going to be great. Yeah, we got the lay of the land. We saw where all, like, the buses were and stuff, too, because we had gotten off, like, before the main bus depot. And so, yeah, we took everything in, but then we knew we couldn't stay out late because we had everything to do Big on Saturday. Day. Yeah. <laughs> so Saturday was like our main day because we had to fly back Sunday morning. Um, so we scoped stuff out. Friday night was not nothing, but really most of our activity was on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so walked around the city, went back to the uh, Airbnb and rested up. We were going to do the library first thing in the morning. Um because we booked a food tour mm -hmm. um so woke up early got out of the house by like eight which mm -hmm. was good um and then went to the library which has like a big it was founded before queen victoria but they have um a big statue of queen victoria in the courtyard mm -hmm. um, another hint we posted on instagram <laughs> true, yeah she's she does have a distinct look about her she does um but I really like the architecture of the library, even from yeah. the outside. Like, mm -hmm. it was kind of adjacent to the main palace. Yeah, the biggest palace. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so lots of, like, hallways and archways and just very, like, regal kind of presence to it. Imposing. Institutional. And we walk in. And most of it is kind of closed off to the public. Like, you couldn't just kind of wander around and look at the collection. Yeah. There was um, just this one section when you first walk into the main space, um, which is a big library-looking room yeah. with a couple of levels. We couldn't take any pictures, unfortunately, but we can pull some from Google, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Some stories or something. Yeah, we weren't allowed to use our phones or take any pictures. Um, Lots of old books. <laughs> yeah, it was more of a, a, a museum than it was a library. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you were a researcher, it would be a library. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Um, but even the books that, so they had a bunch of shelves around the, the exhibit that you could walk through and the ones that, that were there, you obviously couldn't unlock and like open and get to them. But the ones that on display were like atlases from the 18th century mm -hmm. and like very old volumes of Maltese history or Mediterranean history, like a lot of really old resources. And then the stuff on display were a lot of documents from around the time of like different empires taking control of Malta. So there was a lot from when the knights came in under like papal ordin ordinance mm -hmm. and had control of the island for a while, and the Spanish and the French and the British. So there's a lot of like documents about the different handovers of power and who was in charge when, um, and then a lot of old maps, which were really cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Like, the area that we could explore was small, so it wasn't something where we were going to be able to spend, like, hours and hours in there or anything like that, but it was very much worthwhile. Yeah, really, really pretty, even though we couldn't, like, take pictures. Yeah, in there, which yeah was we took pretty. it in. <laughs> yeah, it was very pretty. Um, and then from there we went, there was a bookstore you knew. Oh, we got, we got coffee, coffee yeah. first. Yeah, so we got 
cappuccinos at this place, like one of the streets we had seen that was pretty lively the night before. We kind of just wandered around and we wanted to get coffee somewhere, but we didn't want to eat anything because we were going to go on our food tour. Yep. <laughs> so we wanted to get coffee somewhere and, um, cause we had time and we wanted kind of good views. So we were just like wandering. There were plenty of places we could have gone, but we were just wandering. I am really glad we like, I, I mean, I think this would be good to do anywhere, we don't have <laughs> stories of timing yet besides our hangover day, basically. But, like, getting up early is so worth it for, like, the, it was yes. so quiet and, like, things were opening. But some things were open before we got there. A lot of things were opening as we were walking around. But there were just so many fewer people than, like, yeah. later in the day. Yeah. So it was totally worth it to be there early. I always hate the alarm, but then I love the exactly. streets. Exactly. It's yeah. just worth it. Yeah. yeah. So I do think it helps having another person. Like, we're both just, like, we agreed to this. We are moving. <laughs> <laughs> Without speaking, we're just, like, you know, <laughs> we're doing what we said we'd do. <laughs> you got to do it. We Fun. want to do all these things. Uh. Um, but, yeah, the, the place where we got our cappuccini, there's a lot of elevation changes in yeah. Valletta. Like, the streets kind of go yes. pretty steeply down and up. And then there are a few that have stairs. And this particular block had a bunch of restaurants that had tables, like, in the stairs. So there'd be, like, a little platform for mm-hmm. the table. And then I still can't really figure out on some of them, like, how the how chairs, the chairs like, I know. stay. I 100%. <laughs> like, you're, like, angled. <laughs> yeah. But you're fine. Like, I don't know. It yeah. works out. The one we went to for our coffee was, like... It was on its own. Pl- we had a platform that was our table and our chairs. Yeah. Um. So that was simple. But, like, yeah, it, it's really funky the way they were doing it. And I don't think the chairs had much. Th- I, yeah, I don't know. We might have We didn't fall. That That's all I know. We didn't fall somehow. <laughs> if I didn't fall, I feel like the average person wouldn't. So I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. So then after the coffee, mm-hmm. we walked back. To this bookstore. To the bookstore. Yeah. We were going to meet the tour guide at the gate, and the bookstore was not too far from the gate. Yeah, and we knew the bookstore would be only open until early afternoon, like, cutting it close. Like, we wouldn't be able to go to any bookstores yeah. if we didn't go before our tour. So, yeah, we had time for that. That was really nice. I know. Um, I bought a book that is our book club book for this month, and yeah. I've already read it, and I know I like it. Um, and they had, like, the British cover of it, which was fun. I get very excited with the British covers of things, so it was fun to, like, explore the books they had there. And I don't remember, in, in Germany, were they the American covers, or...? I think it was a mix. So far, I've been seeing, like, I mean, in Ireland, they were all the British covers, except, like, some used bookstores. And then here, they've been a mix, and okay. I think in Germany, they were a mix. So it's Makes interesting sense. to see that. I don't really know what determines anything. It's also hard because I there's only a few books that I know for certain. I can immediately go look and I know exactly have the cover what memorized. the covers are. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I've always thought, like, because I really like British covers of books. And so I, like, know that that's a thing. And I sometimes know what they look like. Um, but depending on the book, like, there could be like every country might have its own cover of it too so that'll be interesting to keep exploring I probably need to do a little bit of research so that I can have like some go-tos that I know are different per country yeah for example that's fair um but yeah so they were definitely all the British covers it felt like for for this bookstore that we went to so yeah. I think that makes sense yep um so then we met our tour guide by the gate to Valletta her name is Nadine she's Maltese and has been doing tours, both like culture tours and then what we were doing today, a food tour Mm -hmm. um, for 20 years or so. 
And she started by... Like, it was a pretty big group, too. Like, not yeah, huge, it was a decent but it size. was a decent size. Yeah. I think there were, like... Four um, from Netherlands. Netherlands, thank you. Yeah, four from the Netherlands, a couple of Aussies, and then um, another American who was doing, like, a treat-yourself solo trip mm-hmm. to Malta. So a manageable group, um, but definitely not just us and her. She started off with just kind of a, a brief overview of Malta, which was cool to get to. So she said that any pretty much all of the Mediterranean powers, anybody who had had influence in the Med um, at any given point had at, some, had at some point controlled Malta, which makes sense. So like mm-hmm. the Phoenicians... Um, Rome into you know the Crusaders and Spain mm-hmm. and France and England um, had all had control of Malta at some point. I think, like we've been saying, the the heaviest influence is the most recent empire. Oh, and the Turks, of course. Yeah. Um, the most recent empire being the British Empire. So that's kind of institutionally has carried on in the official language of English and a lot of the way their infrastructure is set up and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you had some power in the Mediterranean, you at some point were concerned about Malta, which kind of makes sense where yeah. it is by the Strait of Sicily and everything like that. Yeah. And then one of my favorite things, so she was talking to us about the language a bit, and this is where like some of our discussion about our impression came through. She was describing the language, and she said it's like Arabic words with an Italian pronunciation. Yeah. Which I think totally makes sense. Yeah. It does, and it's fascinating. I never, like, thought about that yeah, <laughs> as no. an option. <laughs> and it's funny, like, to me, one of the things that stands out is, like, the word for, for police, um, like, sounding it out, like, it it sounded similar to polizia, mm-hmm. like, here in Italy, mm-hmm. um, but it, it had, like, a J instead of a Z, and, like, it just, and an H, I think, yeah. you know? Yeah, like, the letters were funky. Yeah. But they sounded Italian. yeah. It was so interesting. Like, when she said that, we were all... Because she said that there was, like, the language is very heavily, like, Arabic, like, close to Arabic or whatever. And somebody was like, but I don't see, like, the Arabic alphabet anywhere. Yeah. She's like, yeah, not using the Arabic alphabet. Like, yeah. I was just like... Obviously. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was cool. So there were some, some parts, you know, she would tell us the Maltese word for things. And sometimes it did have more of the the throaty Arabic sound to it. Yes. But a lot of the times it sounded similar to Italian, just like, not an Italian word. Yeah. I don't know. It yeah, definitely yeah. did. And like, sometimes it was just an Italian word. Yeah, and sometimes too. it was just yeah. an Italian word. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was definitely a food-focused tour, but she did a really good job. Like, she ma- made sure to emphasize, like, you know, you didn't sign up for a history tour, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not getting the full all that context. But she fit in a lot, like, throughout the walking tour, which was perfect, I think, for what we wanted. Yeah, exactly. Um, you want to get into some food? Yes. So the you have f- it written down? Yes. <laughs> so the first one we got was a pastizzi. Pastizzi. It's easier if I don't look at it. Pastizzi. Pastizzi. Which kind of sounds like the words pizza and pasta together almost, but it's not at all. it sounds Italian, right? Um, you want to tell us about that? So Rachel and I knew about this going into it for sure. Like, cause we had started with just looking up what foods we need to eat. And then we ended up signing up for this food tour. Um, but this was certainly one of the things that we knew about going into it. And I think something that like probably a lot of people know, I think it's the main thing people know about like food that you're going to eat in Malta. Um, so it reminded us like from its look at least of the, um, sfogliatelli, 
Yeah. That like, is layered. In, that's yeah. common here. Um, you know, yeah, just like this sort of layered like phyllo dough situation. So it's sort of a pastry pocket thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's filled with something. So the filling is traditionally like mushy peas. Yeah. Um, and then the most common one or the second most common one, I guess now I think is ricotta. And she was telling us about some of the different things. Like it's becoming trendy to do sweeter ones, but traditionally it's more like the savory type thing. Um, so yeah, it almost, it was like almost like an empanada. I mean, everything's kind of just like a pocket yeah, or something, yeah. but it was more buttery and it was definitely buttery and flaky. Um, oh, yeah. but it wasn't as like crispy. Like I feel like the phyllo dough wasn't as textured as the spaghetti for sure. Like yeah. it was almost kind of, if you could mix that shell with an empanada. Yeah, so I really took away heavy um, Spanakopita vibes, like the the spinach. Yeah, pastry with from... like the savory filling and yeah, and yeah, and the fondue yeah. dough and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was super tasty. I really liked it a lot. Um, it was very tasty, and the mushy peas were not like they were very flavored. Like she yep. talked about how they make it and like how long they simmer it and season it and stuff like that. So it's a lot more than just like if you mushed up peas the like <laughs> do you remember the trendy I don't know if anybody still eats this but there was a trend at one point where people were saying make guacamole with peas instead of avocados what, <laughs> what? or like to mix it together so I always think about that is I, this like a food chain thing or just it was it was like a maybe Pinterest recipe type situation wow. like yeah glad I missed that <laughs> anyway so it wasn't like that it wasn't just like baby food it was like very tasty um yeah I don't anything else to add no, no, I liked it. Um, they definitely spiced and good. And I think that's that's kind of as we're going through the Maltese version of food, right? Like there are definitely parts of it that, that would remind me of Italian food, but mm-hmm. just better Spice. seasoned. Spices. <laughs> yeah. Spices. Yeah. Uh, which is definitely that Arabic heritage. So I think I'll go through the food and then we can talk about some of the other nuggets from the tour. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. do that. Okay, so next we went and got Maltese coffee. Yes. Um for anybody who's been to New Orleans, um, this is like a, a chicory coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, similar, especially Malta being an island, right? Similar to the idea of like a cheaper version of coffee um, where you're not just reliant on the beans. Um, this one, they do still have some coffee grounds, but they add chicory to kind of make it go a little bit further and, and give a little different flavor to it. But the main difference on Malta is that they also add a lot of the other spices. Mm-hmm. So like cloves and cardamom and cinnamon mm-hmm. um almost like a, a masala coffee I'll say yeah 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 it definitely was like I've had the New Orleans style coffee which is like well like I've had it mixed like coffee and chicory not just chicory um and it was definitely just like a seasoned up version of that mm-hmm. she also spiked ours so there was like true <laughs> going on in there so yeah. i think there were a lot of flavors at play but yeah. she is it was very christmasy the flavors mm-hmm. she kept emphasizing that and like i think she was saying that they kind of traditionally would drink it at christmas time right or was she just saying that the flavors were christmasy i don't know if i caught that not that like traditionally but now traditionally yeah. i guess no, that like, makes sense i don't remember um, her saying that but I, she I also said it. that there's like part of why it was good that we did the food tour or like that would be something you would get out of food tours because it's not it's not like maltese coffee like you're gonna order that just anywhere True. like if you were to go to any coffee shop be like you don't know what maltese coffee is like it's not that well known because like it's not done everywhere she said that there were only like three places in valletta that did it so yeah. 
Like, we couldn't have just necessarily stumbled into the right coffee shop to get that. Yeah, we needed Nadine. We needed her. Um, the other thing we got at the coffee shop with the coffee was um, a honey ring, mm-hmm. which was delightful. So I, it was dates and mm-hmm. honey, obviously. Yeah, brown sugar. Mm-hmm. But no other like added added sweets. Yeah, it sounds really sweet when you list those things, and it, I mean it was. But what else? There were other seasonings too, or like other yeah, spices. Yeah, more more of the like cinnamon. Yeah, I think kind of the stuff. same spices as yeah. the coffee. So they paired really well together. It's it's like a wreath looking mm-hmm. thing, and it looks it's like dough. It kind of looks like bread, I guess, at that point. I mean, definitely a pastry, but yeah. So it's dough with these like slits where you can see that filling coming through the like date so bread sugar situation. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Um. So it's it's thin, like it's not like a big huge circle. It's like a thin wreath pastry that you could split with two or three people. And, yeah, just a lot of those same complimentary spices. So that was a good one for sure. Um, <laughs> the next we went to, this was actually just up the road from where we got our yeah, the morning same coffee. street where we had our morning coffee. So yeah. well, I was holding back saying not falling <laughs> off the chair because this is where we were on the chairs that were fully on the slant. <laughs> yeah. I genuinely don't know how those chairs were working, but I was just staying so still. At one point, Nadine put her art, like touched my chair or something. And I was like, are you sabotaging me? Like I'm going to fall. <laughs> I was like focused on not yeah. falling out of this chair. Yeah. Food, whatever. <laughs> just don't fall over. Um, so yeah, just the table was on the little platform and then the chairs were just on the smooth surface of this downhill street. Um, but it worked out. I don't know. So this was where we got, um, tuna sandwiches and like the local orange soda type drink, Mm -hmm. the local soda, I guess I would say. Um, and my, my impression after the food tour that is that like tuna is to Malta kind of what spam is to Hawaii, like Mm. that canned tuna and I a lot part of this is influenced by talking to my co-worker Erin who's been on the podcast before mm-hmm. she actually ended up booking the same food tour um, <laughs> when she and her husband went to Malta a few months ago like we didn't know she had booked it before we booked it yeah like, exactly <laughs> yeah um, but what she was saying yeah they looked it up and that like they you know tuna canned tuna is like a big thing there um, Nadine was talking about like fishing tuna as well like yeah how it's like about, or right now it's like mahi mahi season. Yeah, and it's like a, a nice, like cheaperish fish that they can put into things like this, um, like sandwiches. But anyway, we got tuna sandwiches with. I didn't write down the name of the soda. Do you remember what the name of the soda was? No, I can look it up later. Yeah. Future Sarah here. The soda that we we're talking about is a popular soda in Malta called Kinney, K I N N I E. Uh, anyway, it's it like the soda itself tasted like a mix of Coca Cola with Orange Fanta. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, so I liked it better than Orange Fanta because it yeah. kind of toned it down. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. I yeah. wouldn't like drink much more of it, but yeah. I'm not that big of a soda person. Yeah, it was nice to, to sample. And then the tuna sandwich, I thought was pretty good. I really liked it. Yeah. I thought it was great. There was like. What else was on it? There was, oh, there was apparently goat cheese, which I found out after eating it, which yeah. I was shocked because I didn't notice it. I mean, goat cheese mixed with tuna. I guess the tuna is going to be overpowering, but 
Yeah. For anyone who doesn't remember, <laughs> I'm sure I've said it on here, goat cheese is like the only food I don't like and I hate that I don't like it and it's so, it tastes so bad to me that I always notice it. Like it would never just blend into something for me. So I was shocked that that was goat cheese on that sandwich and I didn't notice it because I thought it was mozzarella. Um, oh, I forget yeah. what else. That's probably what I thought too. I didn't. Yeah, really, it was I, like cheese and tuna. We're not describing this well because it had, it had like veggies. I think there was tomato. It was like toasted on a sourdough. It was just so good. It was definitely some kind of of sauce component. Yeah, I I took a bite and it tasted. It didn't taste like it, but it was reminiscent of like a pork barbecue sandwich to me. Yeah, it had that pork. vibe. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, I know. It was very good. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like one left, and I was tempted to eat it because I liked it so much. But I was gonna be way too full. <laughs> we had and more yeah, food the to go. Anxiety got me on that yeah. one too. Like Nadine was like, "Does anybody?" I know. Want I, was it? Like, I, was like, I want to want it. <laughs> I can't. And then we went to our our last stop. It was like this rooftop yeah. restaurant. You know, so there was like this main Above marketplace. Us, like, market, yeah, yeah. So it used to be a market and a proper like bring foods and stuff exchange mm-hmm. type situation, and now it's like a just food court-ish, like, mm-hmm. lots of restaurants and stuff in it. And so we went to the top, and we tried. First, there was, like, a little tray of appetizers mm-hmm. that did have goat cheese. Yep. Um, and this also, I liked this goat cheese, too. Yeah. But it didn't taste like goat cheese to me. It tasted yeah. like feta. Which was weird. Yeah. It was, it was like, herbal. Like It, like it was peppery. Herbs. Yeah, they had herbs on the outside. Yeah, which I knew I would like that better than, like, a different. I just thought I would give it a try and hate it, and I didn't hate it. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> if my goat cheese yeah. thing went went away, but um, I doubt test. it. I think there was just the Maltese goat cheese. <laughs> it was good. There was cheese. There was sausage. There were olives. There was this dip that we'll show. You. Honestly, okay. If you look at a picture of this platter, I think it looks pretty gross. Yeah. It, it looked really look gross. super appetizing. But I was it like, was I, first of all, I know I'm probably going to like it because I've liked everything. Mm. Talking to all, I'll definitely try it. It doesn't even matter if I like it. I'm obviously trying everything on a food tour that I signed up for. But um, I was so sure that this one thing, we'll definitely post this picture so you guys can have this visual. But like, there was one thing on it that I thought was certainly some sort of mushed meat. Like, it, it looked yeah. like cat food. It looked like when you're browning meat before you put any seasoning on it. Or, They're wetter than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so it was so icky looking. And then she starts to explain her tone when she starts to tell us what each thing is. And she gets to that. Something about her tone right before she explained what it was. I was like, oh, it's not going to be meat. And then I thought it was going to be eggplant. That was my next guess. Good guess. Um, I wasn't the only one who guessed that, but <laughs> that's what my brain was going to. But then it was like beans. It was some sort of, so it was honestly yeah. kind of like a hummus, really, if you think about Chunky it. Chunky hummus. Yeah. yeah. It was so tasty. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I liked every bite of that. Yeah. And I liked the marinated ov- olives. Mm-hmm. They were good, too. Those olives were like, the. I've never had a pit come out so easily. I know. I was thinking the whole time. It was delightful. <laughs> Usually it's like a big embarrassing mess. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like wanted like to make a comment about it, but I didn't want to, I didn't know how to say it right. So I just avoided it. But, so we're oh. making friends. But, yeah. Gotta, um, gotta be cool for the Aussies. Yeah, yeah. It was really good, all of those. Um, and with that came um, beer. Beer. So we had the local beer, which is Chisk. You see it everywhere. Yeah. It's all over. Um, and... Nadine told us the origin, so apparently Chisk was like a Maltese variation of the word for Czech, mm-hmm. and this brewer from the like 19th century was the first 
like employer on Malta to to pay his employees with a check. So the beer was named Cheese. Which is adorable. <laughs> it is adorable. What a like an arbitrary way. To yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then like for our like main course finish up the day, you could either get ravioli, ricotta ravioli. But it was kind of like a toasted ravioli situation. With like, like a fried, I guess. Yeah. Ravioli. Yeah. With like the a, sauce. Yeah, it was like a squash sauce or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, and then, or you could get stewed horse meat, mm-hmm. which as we've talked about, we've learned how to order together. So, yeah. So obviously we got one of each. Yeah. <laughs> and horse meat is like a Maltese thing. Um, she explained it as like, it's not like they eat that for every single meal. She told us a lot about the history of that, but horse meat and rabbit meat are the two like Maltese things that we had yeah. in mind of like, yeah, we should probably. So yeah, Rachel ordered the horse meat. I ordered the ravioli, but we split both. It was, it was like tender enough. And it wasn't like yeah, anything. it was fine. Everyone kept saying it tasted like beef, which it pretty much did. Yeah, it but it was there's just something else to it. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if you could describe it as somebody was saying gamier. It's like, what does that even really mean? Like, yes, probably that's yeah. what I think, but like almost like smokier, but not that. I yeah. don't know. There's something to the flavor where it's definitely not beef, but it's yeah. not that much. Yeah, it was fine. I wouldn't go out of my way to eat. No, <laughs> no. Um, side note, they have horse sashimi in japan sometimes so sashimi is like the right. raw fish raw fish without rice um yeah i don't think i ever ended up trying it i wasn't really enticed I i've never heard of that yeah yeah i i would say like i have no problem trying horse when that's something that this culture eats yeah. i don't know that it needed to be in the context of like you would eat beef this way though like i guess i feel like if it was a dish that was specifically like you have to have this, it's delicious, when it's horse meat or something. Yeah. That would be more meaningful or something I would be, like, more interested in. But sure. for it to just be, like, a replacement for beef was didn't do a ton for me. But I'm glad we tried it. Yeah. The ravioli was boring. I didn't... Yeah. It was, it was perfectly inoffensive. It wasn't bad, but I wouldn't, like, order that. I would... No. If, I, if that had been my whole dinner, I would be disappointed with that meal. Like, if I paid, like, 20 euro and that was my main dish and that's all I ate for dinner... On our day in Malta, yeah, I would be kind of like it would be really boring. Yeah. No, I would agree. It was it did not come close to rivaling the ravioli I had in the Dolomites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. So a couple nuggets from just like some of the cultural discussions we had walking around with our tour guide. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you and I had looked up or seen in a video before getting to Valletta were these iconic wooden balconies. Mm-hmm. And some of them are fairly big. They're, most of them could at least fit a few people. Um, and they're enclosed. And usually painted, like, really bright, fun colors. Yeah. We'll definitely share pictures. We have tons of pictures of these. Indeed. Favorite thing And if you photograph. look up Maltese Balcony, it's a whole thing. And maybe some listeners have heard of this before. Yeah. So, when she was talking to us, she said that the balcony, the origin of the balcony, really came with the British... When the British started to bring lumber over, because it being a primarily rock-based island, there wasn't really a lot of wood to be had on Malta. So lumber came over, particularly as a sign of wealth among some of the British aristocratic types. Um, And so a a balcony protruding from your apartment was a sign that you were wealthy. Made of wood. Yeah, made of wood, specifically. It was a sign that you were wealthy. That is the 
the interpretation she gave us. But yeah. When we were watching videos before coming, it was a different description. Yeah. So we will give more details too, because she kind of kept bringing up the balcony. So she said more things about them. But like, what is unique about them when you look at them? is that they're enclosed, right? Like they're a balcony, but it's not just like you walk out and you overlook and it's all open. It's very enclosed. It's like kind of more like a um, like a sunroom almost, yeah, yeah. but like a very small protruding from your second level or whatever. And so the first thing we learned about them, kind of the only thing we had known about them going into visiting Malta was that they are that way. They're enclosed balconies so that... <laughs> You can see out, but people cannot see you. Yeah. So for privacy, but specifically <laughs> to hide women. Yeah. <laughs> like specifically so that like men wanted their wives to be in a balcony where nobody could look onto their woman, basically. Yeah. That is what we had learned about it. So the second she starts mentioning these balconies on our tour, Rachel and I are kind of, our ears perk up and we're curious to hear how she's going to explain this. Because yeah. we, we had pretty much, like I, the sentence I just said was really how we had heard it. It's not like we read up on a whole history about it. Yeah. But all we knew, like, and we'd been joking since we got there on Friday night. We're like, oh, like, hope I gotta avert your eyes. Don't see a woman up there. Like, you know, like, we had been joking about how they're, like, woman hiding balconies. Um, so, yeah, immediately when she brings it up, she describes it the way Rachel just said, that it was a, a sign of wealth. I don't really feel like she described anything about the reason for it being an enclosure at first, like, when yeah. she first brought it up she just kind of talked about the wood which was really interesting um and then she brought it up several more times throughout the tour because we would get to different places with different balconies that she would want to point out um but she never brought up the woman hiding women. Us, yeah. <laughs> or women at all nadine um, hasn't seen barbie and it's okay <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway rachel and i really discussed this later and to because we were like okay she wasn't just lying to us this whole tour, but I feel like she was probably omitting that part of it. Yeah. Because, like, maybe there's not a really great way to describe it. Which I, I, I think that's the truth. Yeah. And I think the things she told us were also kind of true. But the way she talked about it was contrary. Like, I think some of what she said kind of can't be true in the same vein. Like, they, they can't be true at the same time. Because what she brought up later, like, she kept bringing up that it was a status symbol to have those balconies, which makes tons of sense to me. Right? Like, that has to be true. Yeah. That having the balcony, especially it being wood, and the way they paint them, too, a lot of them are, most of them are colorful. They're very, like, they're, you know, your eyes go to them. Yeah. Right? And so she described, like, oh, like, and part of why you, you want to paint it and you want to have this balcony is so that passersby will want to look up and see right. who owns this balcony. So she's describing the opposite yeah. of, like, hiding a woman there. It's like, oh, you want to be seen. But she didn't explain why, like, if you want to be seen, then it's covered. Yeah. So, it, anyway, we've, we've talked a lot about this. It's a whole thing. But then she did bring up that, like, weather was a reason for it being covered. More so, like, some protection. Yeah. Like, that people wanted to stay pale. And so, like, having it covered for sun protection made sense. So, like, I think probably most of what she said was true. And maybe if we haven't rambled way too much, future Sarah will pop in <laughs> with if I do a little bit more research. But my understanding is that, like, most, like, what she said makes sense all the like status stuff especially given that they're colored balconies yeah I'm guessing the origin that we understand is probably pretty old right like people obviously right now aren't hiding women in those balconies yeah but we did learn that it's like also it's like very similar it's like an Arabic thing like there's 
That style of balcony. Yeah, that style of balcony. So anyway, the origin yeah. seems probably rooted in what we had known, but then there was a lot of interesting, like, influence with the wooden stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Anyway, and it, they're gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> it can't it can't just be um, a British influence because we've both been to the UK. I've been to a yeah. number of British colonies, and I've never seen a balcony like this. So it has to be a mix I don't of think, cultures. Yeah, so. I don't think the balcony is supposed to be a British influence, but just the use of wood yeah, from Britain. Yeah. It just is important that the wood was from Britain, but like, yeah. that doesn't mean that it would be the same situation. In, anyway. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm glad she talked about them so much because we were interested in them. Yeah. But we were, we kept getting confused. We were both like separately like waiting for her to say the thing that we knew about And then they hid the women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she never brought it up. So anyway, I probably didn't describe that in the best words possible, but I think, I, I think it's understandable yeah. what I mean by it. She did show us like the cutest little balcony oh, yes. that had like just these little holes underneath the rail part of it. Yeah. Um, Cause even though there was, it was enclosed, you could still get kind of like a lower portion and an upper portion. And mm -hmm. this one in particular, I think didn't have an, um, a full enclosure anyway, but she showed us a yeah. cute balcony that had these two holes in it. And she's like, like what the you... size of maybe like a cantaloupe. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, and you know, any guesses what that would be? And she's like, it's, it's for the toddlers. <laughs> so basically <laughs> like little holes so that they can look out on the street and not like, do something dangerous like climb up to the mm -hmm. rail <laughs> to try to see. Yeah. Um, so that was really cute. And she showed us some really great examples of the balconies over time, mm -hmm. not just like some of the brighter colored ones that are a little more modern. But Yeah. Some... And it's very obvious that they're a status symbol because the fancier palaces had like longer ones. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other lovely little nugget that she gave us. So like we described, especially the street with the restaurants that had the tables, um, on the incline. Um, there were streets that had a pretty steep slope to them and they would have stairs, but these were not <laughs> like very tall stairs, mm -mm. right? It was just kind of like slowly stepping your way up the incline. Like long and sh short. Yeah, long <laughs> and short steps. <laughs> and she said that the reason they were so short is remembering that the city of Valletta itself and a lot of like the Maltese um, infrastructure came with the knights. The knights built up Malta and built up Valletta specifically. And so she said the, the steps had to be so short so that when you're walking around in a suit of armor, you could just kind of like wobble your way up <laughs> without bending your knee. You could step without bending your knee. So she, she walked for us, which was like a highlight of the tour yeah. for me for sure, the way she was walking. But she, it's like a swing your leg around <laughs> situation. It was so cute. <laughs> that was lovely. Um, yeah, so those are the nuggets I wrote down from the tour. Any other insider um, history that she gave us? I don't think so. Yeah, it was an awesome tour. It was three hours long, so we started it at 9.30. We mm -hmm. had, you know, gotten to do some stuff in the morning ourselves before that. And then, it ended. I mean, it was supposed to be three hours long. It definitely went over. I think we were done at one. Sure. Um, but it was just such a good use of our time. Like, I feel so validated that we signed up for that because we learned a lot from her. We got to, like, chat with people and stuff. Like, it was a good experience. And um, we got to eat so many foods that, like, would have been more of a chore for us to make sure we're finding the right place to eat them or yeah. something like that. Or, like, going around with a list or feeling pressured. Like, that was just such a good way to eat a lot of things that we knew would be good. And, like, we didn't know all of those foods, so we wouldn't have eaten all of them, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So, it was totally worthwhile. Um, I, we can insert, like, the name of the tour. It's, we found it on Airbnb Experiences, but it was, like, the, like, 
I don't know, whatever main company does tours around. Yeah, Malta. certainly a big tour company. Yeah, and they said the they're sites. like the most popular food tour and stuff. But like, I would one hundred percent recommend it. I For think sure. it's totally worth the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was like our first chunk of the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> phase one of Saturday. <laughs> Tune into our next episode to hear about the rest of the trip. Quick pause. Um, I'll just actually, Rich can keep talking. We have these portable mics. That's true. That's the whole point of this, right? (laughs) Um, We promised that we were the one thing we didn't get in the food tour was Maltese chocolate. Yeah, another thing you're supposed to have there. We promised we would record while eating a chocolate bar that we bought at the airport, and we failed. Yep. So Rachel went downstairs to get the chocolate bar, and she'll come back up, and then we'll eat the chocolate while we continue to talk. I think that'll be the end of the episode. All right, final, like... final guess on prickly pear jam versus... Yeah, okay, so prickly pear is in this chocolate. We got a chocolate that is labeled prickly pear, right? It just says yep. artisan chocolate, prickly pear. And we got that. Prickly pear is a big thing this season right now, at least in Malta. Yeah. And then as we're looking through the rest of the gift shop, everything is nougat. Like they have all this nougat stuff. It's like Maltese nougat. So apparently nougat is really good. It smells good. In Malta or really big. And so then I was just saying, I wonder if it's going to be like a jam filling type situation or if it's going to be nougat in this chocolate. So I think it's going to be like jam. I think I still don't think it's going to be nougat. It's pretty small. Warning that the following audio contains a lot of chewing sounds. This is the second time I've had to do this this season, and I have a feeling it will not be the last. Proceed with caution. Oh, it's neither. It's no. just in it. No. That it's makes like fun. granulars. Yeah. Wow. All right, this is definitely going at the end of the episode Fair. with the content warning of chewing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would you say? Have fun editing that. <laughs> um, I like it. It tastes like... No. Um, the essence of prickly pear mm-hmm. in kind of like a, a crunch bar situation. Like it's crunchy. Yeah, like the it. texture is kind of close to that. Yeah, I like it. I like the flavor. Mm-hmm. The texture or the like outer texture is very it's kind of chalky. Right. It's not like the creamiest chocolate. No. It's also kind of dark, which I like. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Glad we went with prickly pear. Me too. Great Sorry. Choice. Um, okay. Horse so. meat. <laughs>